Hello everybody, my name is Andrew. This is Andrew's Successful Journey. Um, this podcast, to introduce it, is a podcast about my journey in achieving my goals in my life. I'm going to introduce who I am, what my current situation is, and what my goals are. And I know that my life relates to a lot of other people's lives, and a lot of other people can learn from my life and learn from my journey, and learn from my mistakes. So that's the reason for this podcast. Um, it did start out as a podcast for me documenting my journey uh, of starting an Amazon FBA business, which is a great business model for a lot of people. It just wasn't right for me. So I didn't want to continue on with that business. And I did want to continue on with the podcast though. So um, my goals haven't changed. My main goals, my main, you know, the bigger goals in life haven't changed. Just how I'm going to achieve those goals have changed. So um, I deleted some episodes on my podcast just to kind of start fresh and I renamed it. And that's where we're at now. And um, hopefully there's people out there that listen to this that benefit from, from, from me doing this. And I hope so. You know, if you guys ever want to reach out, feel free to reach out. Um, I, I'll put um, you know my social media out there so you guys can you guys can reach out if you'd like. Um, but let's just start off by introducing who I am. I am a 30 year old man, um, just turned 30, so I'm not you know super old. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I'm 30 years old, and I am the single provider for my household. I have a wife. Her name's Bianca, and she watches our three kids who are four, two, and one at home, and I work all day. Um, I work Tuesday through Saturday for a retail flooring company. Um, they're, a, they're a very, very big presence down here in South Florida. They have a very big presence down here in South Florida. Um, they've, been, they've been doing this for over 60 years down here. So if they're not the, fam, the oldest family-owned company in South Florida, I don't know who is, but we've got to be second, you know. So it's really neat to work for that type of company because the history is there. Um, you know, you have high confidence in what you're selling and in your service. And um, I have a lot of freedom when it comes to what I need to do and how I need to work around what I need to work around. Um, not a lot of uh, jobs can provide that type of freedom. So I do like it here in that aspect. But at the same time, this job that I am working does not have a 401k, doesn't have a, any type of retirement it doesn't have, you know, reimbursement on my car. It doesn't have reimbursement on my cell phone. It doesn't have health benefits. It doesn't have nothing like that. So um, it isn't the right career for a family, uh, a family man. You know, it doesn't, it's not the right career for me at all. Um, or job, should I say. It is the right career. I'm, I do very well in flooring. I understand it very well. I can estimate it very well. I just, I'm very efficient in my, in my career. Um, but I need to get away from my job. And that leads to, you know, what my current situation is. So let me talk about the current situation and what the goals are I'll talk about after. But the situation is this. Um, my rent is excessive because I live in South Florida. The cost of living is excessive because I live in South Florida. It is a war zone down here. Um, there's gangs everywhere. There's shootings every day. Um, it just, it is not a place you want to raise a family. And for me, that leads to one of my main goals, which is getting out of South Florida as quickly as possible now that my kids are getting older. 
it's lit a fire under my ass and I got to do it. So that's one of the main goals and that's one of the situations that I'm in. Um, when it comes to my job, I live paycheck to paycheck. I make a thousand dollars a week here as a yearly draw, which means that the year mark at the end of the year, um, if my commissions outweigh my draw, then I get a commission check, vice versa. If my commissions are less than what I drew throughout the year, then I owe my company money. Um, I made $72,000 last year and that puts me uh, well above what I'll need to make to cover $52,000 this year. So I should be okay at the end of the year. We'll see what that comes out to, but uh, I can't tell the future. So I don't know, but I should be all right. And I should be able to cover that and we'll see what happens. But I do live paycheck to paycheck that way because I only make $1,000 a week and after taxes, it doesn't come out too much. Um, not with rent and providing for kids at home and providing for my wife and providing for myself. I usually fall last on that list, so um, it's worth it, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I would like to provide a much better life for my family that they deserve, and that's kind of the main, main goal is just quality of life. So I don't want to work to live. I'd rather live uh, and work, you know. I, I just don't want to work just so I can provide for my family and, and not even see them because that seems like that's the case. So Tuesday through Saturday, full-time work in this job. On Sundays and Mondays, I picked up Uber. I have a Tahoe hybrid that saves some gas. Um, it's a 10-year-old car, looks brand new. I take care of it meticulously. It is my baby. I love this thing. If there's the only thing that I have that I can call mine that I take care of that I like, it's not a pet, it's not an animal, it's, not a, th- it's, a, it's a car. <laughs> but I love it, I love it to death, and I take good care of it. Um, but regardless, I picked up Uber, uh, on Sundays and Mondays, but that still even adds to the limitations of seeing and hanging out with my family. So, um, but I need to have that extra income because of where I live and it's not, it's not fair to them. You know, it's not fair to me. It's not fair to them. It's just something that needs to get done. Um, so that's the situation. My family needs a better life. My wife's family, my wife's, my in-laws, um, they don't live here in South Florida. Matter of fact, none of our family lives here in South Florida, neither mine or hers. So at this point, you know, throughout our whole uh, relationship, we've always had family that was here and that's why we've never left. And, and it just, you know, it, it, um, it pretty much kept us here. Well, now no one else is here, so we're free to leave. We do have friends here, just no family, and uh, I think providing a better life for our kids dictates where we're going to be living. So the goal is to move to Georgia. That's kind of like the the year goal within the next year, and I keep extending that time because it just I, I need to be realistic with what I'm doing. Um, in order to move, there's a lot of over there's a lot of a lot of stuff stuff that I have to overcome and the main thing that I need to overcome is how do I get a house up there I rent I've always rented I've never bought a home I'm 30 years old it's about time I buy a home um, I added up just the last three years in rent is close to sixty thousand dollars and um, 
that $60,000 could be an equity in a home that I bought, you know, instead of my landlord's pocket. So um, I need to buy a home. That's what I've decided I, I, for me if to take that next step in financial freedom is to start putting my monthly rent into a monthly mortgage that puts equity into my pocket and allows me to save money in that aspect. Um, so that's the goal, buy a home. Now, buying a home in Georgia means um, I have the opportunity to buy a home in a rural area. In Florida, there's a lot of rural area houses, but um, there's not a lot of business in the flooring industry compared to Georgia on the manufacturer side of the business. So I sell on the retail side of the business down here, um, which means that if Miss Betty walks in and she wants to put carpet in her home, I'm the guy she, that estimates it for her and puts all the all the um, all the dots together, connects all the dots for her and make sure it's done correctly and that she's happy. You know, that's me. I'm also doing a lot of commercial work, which is a little bit different, but um, puts us more on the other side of the business where we're dealing with the manufacturers and dealing with architects and, and et cetera. I like that side of the business more. Um, I've worked briefly with a manufacturer before as a, as a rep, as a sales rep, and that's where I'm going to lean towards. So um, not only am I going to be purchasing a home in Georgia, but I'm also going to be applying for jobs in Georgia because that is the flooring capital of the world. That's where 90% of flooring is being made at, you know, so um, I plan on being some type of sales rep up there that doesn't require me to go to a store, but requires me to cover a territory. Um, I have the opportunity to work with a company that I've worked with in the past and cover the whole state of Georgia, which would be a great opportunity, but we'll see how that works out. And in the meantime, I'm going to be applying for more jobs as time progresses. But the immediate goal right now is my credit. My credit is horrible. It's at a 480. My FICO score, which is your actual credit score, you know, that, that most of these guys see when they pull your credit, it's like at a 420. How I've gotten that low is because I've never had health insurance. I've never paid attention to my credit. I've known what my credit score is, but I've never needed credit. The only time I've ever needed credit is for my car loan, and I got raped on that car loan. Uh, the car I financed total was seventeen thousand dollars, and by the end of the t uh, by the end of the term of the loan, I'll end up paying thirty something thousand dollars for this car. The car's worth ten, you know. So I got raped on that. I'm paying three times the amount of the value of the car just because of my loan and because of my bad credit. So my dad's always told me my whole life, "Hey, credit's everything." your credit is your word, your credit is gold, make sure you have good credit, and I never listen to them. Well, now I'm paying the price. Now I'm starting to be a little bit more um, uh, sad, or whatever you want to call it. I'm just, I'm beating myself up over it. But at the same time, I'm being responsible, and I'm taking a hold of the situation. So we have a goal of moving to Georgia, all together, which means obtaining a job up there, which means buying a home up there. It means a lot. There's a lot to go into this. And 
living paycheck to paycheck down here without a dime saved. How in the world am I going to make this happen? Because every dollar that I get goes to something else. Well, I started doing credit repair. Let's start by fixing my credit, right? So how do I do that? Well, I went online and you know did all my research and I've kind of known of how to repair your credit yourself. Um, or you can hire companies like Lexington Law or you know, creditrepair.com or whatever. These guys are just gonna do what you can do for yourself for you. That's all they're gonna do. But the thing is, is you're gonna pay them $100 a month and they're gonna try removing negative stuff off your credit. They're obviously not gonna attack everything in one month. That would be stupid for them to do because they want you to pay monthly for their service. And if they fix a tremendous amount of your credit in the first couple months, well, then they have no more business from you. You have no reason to pay them anymore because they fixed your credit. So I, I don't advise hiring somebody to do that. I, I just It doesn't seem right unless you don't have the, the understanding or the means to do it yourself. Then, yeah, okay, hire somebody else. But for the most part, for 90% of the world out there, you can do it yourself. It's, it's elementary. It's very easy. You just need to follow the steps and take action. You need to be able to take action on what you're doing. So I came to work one day on a Saturday, uh, I think a week ago, last Saturday. And I sat at my desk on my computer and I started doing my research and I bought a program for $9, a do-it-yourself program that had really good reviews. And um, it came with three different versions of demand letters that you will plug in the accounts that you're questioning uh, or that you want removed from your credit. Um, you pretty much just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste, and you print out this letter that has, let's say, let's use Equifax as an example. So you have a letter to Equifax, and on that letter it says, hey, Equifax, per the Fair Credit Reporting Act, section blah, 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 you need to verify, I'm requesting that you verify these accounts and the accuracy on these accounts, and that these accounts belong to me. Now, from what I understand, and I'm not a credit repair professional, I'm just someone that's gonna do it themselves, they need to verify that within 30 days, and if they can't verify it, the accounts legally need to be taken off my credit. So, um, generally speaking, it's gonna take one to two times to do that, maybe even a third time, and the, the, the program that I bought, it's really neat. You have three different credit bureaus. So he has three different separate letters. And then you have three versions of those letters. So the first round, the second round, and the third round. The first round pretty much just asks them, hey, I need you to verify this. I need you to make sure it's my account. And sometimes they just bounce back and say, hey, we received a letter saying, um, we re received communication from uh, someone claiming to be you, we thought it wasn't you, so we took no action. Well, that's their way of not doing it. Um, so then you have to resend the letters again. Um, but then if they, if they do go to verify it, um, they may just say, hey, uh, you know, ask, let's say, Bank One. Hey, Bank One, is this, Andrew's, uh, is this Andrew's account? And they electronically said, yes, this is verified. Okay, well, they verified it. Well, that leads to the second round, right? So they verify these accounts. Maybe some of them couldn't get verified in time, and I have eight in collection. So let's say they knock off three, and you know five are verified. Well, the second round letter is going to pretty much demand 
re-verification again, and how is it verified? Did they verify it electronically? Did they, they're supposed to have a, some type of physical document that says it's mine. Did they provide that physical document? You know, it goes into more detail on the verification part and puts a little bit more strain on your foot that, they, that you have on their neck. So um, the third letter, I'm not sure exactly what that states, but that's essentially just going to move forward in the, type of, um, in the type of demand that you're sending. Now, all of these letters that you're sending to the bureaus are going to need to be notarized and they're also going to need a photocopy of your ID and your social security card. Um, that way they can just verify who you are right there on, on the spot and they don't need to question anything that you're doing. So um, when it comes to this system, there's a lot of do-it-yourself systems out there. I chose this one just because of the reviews. Um, I, I think that it's going to work for me. Um, this guy that that I did this with had 120,000 followers on YouTube, which is a sweet spot in my opinion, meaning there's enough people out there that are going to call him out on his shit if he's not doing anything correctly or if he's fake or whatever. But it's also a good amount of following that proves that, hey, um, this guy is doing something good and it works and that's why it's a growing YouTube channel. He also, it also offers... Um, a service that he'll do it for you, just like you know anybody else I mentioned. But um, his primary, his his, his um, the, primarily what he's doing is a do-it-yourself service. So I bought that service from him. It, like I said, it cost me nine bucks, gave me all the templates I needed, and I sat there for the rest of that Saturday, pretty much filling in the blanks. And on um, two days ago, I sent all three bureaus out their letters via certified mail and now it's just a sit and wait process for the next month so hopefully a good amount of those collections come off and then i can send my round two letters and hopefully that just gets me where i need to be but if not then i will continue to work on my credit and that's why i'm not sure how long the process is going to be before i get to my credit score i need to be of uh, 640. So once I'm at a 640 is when I'm going to put an application for the, uh, for the loan that I'm doing, uh, which is a USDA loan for a home. And that's a zero down type loan um, for rural area only homes. And uh, in Georgia, fortunately, there's a lot of rural area and it's also the foreign capital of the world. So um, that's, those are both big benefits for me. And the type of house that you can buy up there versus the type of house I can buy down here are night and day. I could buy, um, you know, a four to six bedroom house up there with some land and a barn or whatever the hell I want um, versus buy a, a one bedroom condo down here for the same price and, and a crappy one at that, you know. So the quality of living will be great up there versus horrible down here when you compare the two for the same income. So we'll see how that goes. But um, so far, that's what I've done. I've sent in the three letters, and we'll see what, what comes of that in a month and see where my credit score is in a month, and then I'll continue to fight and work towards chipping that away. And, of course, anything that doesn't come off, I'm just going to have to pay to get that off, and I'm only paying $0.10 cents on the dollar. If they don't want to take it, they don't want to take it, and I'll continue to fight it to get it off. But um, let's see where that goes. So I know I have a T-Mobile collection account. I have... 
a whole bunch of medical stuff on my records. And then I have a lot of hard inquiries and I'm going to explain why. So two months ago, and this is the perseverance that I think is needed in order to survive in this world. If you don't have perseverance and you don't have dedication and you don't have the willingness to learn something that you're not comfortable learning or haven't learned before uh, or something significant that you're scared to learn, then, then just then you're not in the right mentality, in my opinion. You know, so for me, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get where I need to get because I have too many people counting on me and there's too many people that benefit from it for me not to do it. So two, uh, three months ago, my car broke. I have, and I'm going to explain what I'm driving. So this is a, a, a Yukon, or sorry, it's a Tahoe hybrid. It's a very nice car. It's a very quiet car. It's a very impressionable car. It's a fancy car. I love this car. It's an awesome car. It's, it's, it's leather interior. It's a very nice car. White with black interior. Love it to death. It's got a big V8 in the front. If for anybody who's into cars, it's a all aluminum six liter LS attached to a hybrid transmission with two uh, electric motors in that transmission with a 300 volt battery underneath the back seat. So it's a traditional Chevy truck with a high-end transmission, very tech transmission, no difference. But the hybrid battery started going out and I put a $3,000 hybrid battery in it. The people uh, from Green Bean Battery, great companies, awesome service. They came right to my work, replaced the battery in 20 minutes for $3,000. I have a five-year unlimited, more, no questions asked, unlimited mile warranty for five years. If that battery goes bad within that five years, they're just going to do the same thing. Come out, replace it on the spot, and boom, I'm done. So a week later after that, the engine blew in my car. And what I mean by the engine blowing, the top end of the engine needed to be completely rebuilt. Uh, the lifters went bad, so everything on the top end just needed to come out and needed to get redone. And I got a quote from, the, and I'm, I only got the quote to put it in perspective of how much I'm saving myself and how much work needed to be done. The quote from the dealer was $8,100 to get this done. Needed a new camshaft, needed a new, uh, a lot of new gaskets, needed new lifters, lifter trays. Um, and there's a good story to go in this, and perseverance is kind of the, the point of this story. So I, I don't have a dime saved. I have no money saved. When that happened in my car, I'm fresh into this loan. I kind of freak out. I don't know what to do other than rebuild it myself. So one of the main reasons why I bought this car is because of the engine that's in it is a very, very, very common engine. An LS-based truck engine from GM is a very popular engine. So I told myself if anything catastrophic ever happened, I could work on it myself. And I was right. So um, the top end blew and I needed to replace a bunch of parts. And that's what I did. I took a bus to work for a month straight and home. And I would come home, get the kids ready for bed, help my wife with dinner or whatever needed to get done at the house. And then I would go back and I, my single car garage with this huge car in it with no room, I would work on this car to get it back on the road. So that also led to two late payments on my credit report for my loan, which isn't good. Um, affecting my credit negatively, but regardless, the car needed to get fixed. I needed, I needed a lot of money to do that. So every paycheck I was taking from 
my car loan and putting it into the car itself. And I was on the phone with the bank throughout the whole time explaining what's happened. Well, a month after it blew, I finally got to do the first start after rebuilding it. And as soon as I started it, all the blood, sweat, and tears was for nothing. The minute I started it, there was something catastrophically wrong with whatever just happened to my engine, whatever the open heart surgery that just happened, something went wrong and I couldn't figure it out. For two weeks, I had no idea what was wrong with this car. It was clack, 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 making horrible noises. And I didn't drive it. I only ran it for a couple minutes and that was it. You know, I got a couple of videos taken and I'm now at a point where I spent all my money. I put so much money into this car for nothing. It's a big paperweight. And I almost had the bank come and get it. You know, I, I told him a couple times to come and get it, as a matter of fact. And I went shopping for a new car, but the problem is, is my credit was nowhere near I needed to be to buy a car. I couldn't get finance for a car. So I have all these horrible inquiries. I have like nine inquiries on my account, on my credit, nine hard inquiries that are bringing my account or my, my credit score down as well. And ultimately for nothing because I couldn't get a car financed. Like, you know, I couldn't get in another car before they came and repoed this car. I just didn't have any options at that point because I didn't know what was wrong with my car. I'm a car guy. I'm, I'm, I love working on cars, but to what I thought and what I knew, I just replaced all the bad parts in this car with brand new parts. What could be wrong? And it turns out that I was sold counterfeit parts. The, the parts that I put into this car, I bought exactly what I wanted online. I bought the manufacturer I wanted, the type of parts that were American made and then came in the mail. I bought them through Amazon and um, the company that was the seller on Amazon, ironically, Amazon, you know, doing the FBA stuff. But um, luckily that led with some experience that, that gave me some experience that I needed to figure out the problem. So I'm going through pictures one day at work and trying to figure out what's wrong with my car after this rebuild and why it's making this noise and nothing's adding up until I come across the picture of the lifters that I bought. The lifters are a part that goes deep into the block of the engine in the top end, but into the block. And I'm looking at the packaging and there's no label. There's nothing. They're blank. The box is blank. The packaging is blank. There's everything's blank about these parts. So I send it off to um, the manufacturer, Engine Tech. I send that picture along with the screenshot of Amazon's lifting and I say, listing. And I say, hey, um, I think I got sold some Chinese parts. I don't think that these were correct parts at all. I think that they're, they're counterfeit parts and they're claiming to be your parts. You know, can you confirm it? And they confirmed that that wasn't theirs. And, and I mailed them off to them. They took them apart. And, you know, they mail, they overnighted me brand new parts. Um, and the reason why they did that is because not only did they feel bad for me that someone got over on me, but they're also representing that company and, and that's not their customer. They don't sell to the public. So the people that sent, sold me them, Northern Auto Parts, um, that, that wasn't their customer. They don't have a customer, Northern Auto Parts. And not only that, but the parts that I sent them to look at that were sold to me, they confirm wasn't their parts at all. So they're going to be suing them. They're going to be dealing with them in a legal manner or whatever they're doing. But um, uh, they did overnight me brand new lifters, which was about 600 to $800 in parts. And that allowed me to put my engine back together. 
Um, but because of the faulty parts that I installed or the, the counterfeit parts that I installed in my engine, that ruined other parts of the engine. So I had to replace those parts as well. But so after two months of being without a car and two months of taking the bus to and from work, two buses here, two buses back, um, in dealing with the stress and the headache and no sleep, I started the car and it ran beautifully. So I have my car back, um, runs great, and I'm excited to have it back. I put 3,000 miles in a month on this thing already, and everything's great. So thank God for that. But that's where perseverance comes and dedication and you know, problem solving and just being in the willingness to, to do it. You know? So that's where that comes in, and, and that's our family's only car. It's my work car. It's my family car. It's the only car we have, and we pay a lot of money monthly. I pay 500-something dollars a month for that car, and um, in my opinion, it's worth it. It's definitely not a good financial choice, but the benefit that I get from that car is worth that payment, so that's how I justify it in my head and how I can sleep at night paying $500 for a 10-year-old car a month. Um, I just, for me, $500 is worth what that car brings to the table. So I also use it on Uber on the weekends and that brings in a little bit of extra income to where I'm not having to borrow money from people that I usually would have to if I, otherwise, if I didn't have that car for Uber. So, um, the hard inquiries are from me shopping from that experience and thank God that I didn't take on another horrible loan and get a repossession on my credit and all that. So that's where I'm at now with the car. Car's running great. Car loan's up to date. Um, and that's that. So I need to get rid of the hard inquiries. That's kind of what I'm going to be working on next is figuring out a way to get rid of those inquiries. I know that's part of that system, and I'll figure out a way to do that. Um, that's next on the list. So I have, at this point, engaged in actively repairing my credit so I can buy a home. And that's kind of, you know, be... Uh, upcoming in some more episodes on that process, which is going to be super cool. And I look so forward to that because I'm excited for it. I'm, I get very excited about thinking about buying a home. If you guys get the opportunity to go, just look at the homes in Georgia. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Um, there's one in particular that I fell in love with and hopefully it's still for sale when I go to buy a home. Uh, because that's the first home I'm running to buy, you know, but, um, it's, it's cool to see, what the quality of life will be when I achieve what I want to achieve. So um, fixing my credit is just step one in this process. And then the maintaining it on top of it, I, you know, that's going to be a lifestyle change for me. When it comes to maintaining good credit, making every single payment on time and really being on top of that is going to be a, a lifestyle change. But hopefully living in an area where I'm not paying, you know, exorbitant of money for rent to someone else's pocket and paying, you know, eight, nine dollars for a pack of bacon. I use that example because it's absurd to me. But, um, you know, the, it just getting out of South Florida hopefully relieves me enough financially to where it's not living paycheck to paycheck anymore. And if it is living paycheck to paycheck, I hope that my mortgage, um, will allow me to sleep better at night because I know that I'm paying myself every month. I'm not paying somebody else, you know? So, um, I look forward to just even being able to, to know that the rent that I'm paying monthly is going into my pocket, not somebody else's. When it comes to switching careers, um, 
that's kind of a big uh, switching jobs. I don't want to say switching careers. I'm switching jobs. When it comes to switching jobs in the middle of a move and trying to buy a home at the same time, it, it's just so chaotic in my head about figuring that logistically. You know, so what are the steps chronologically to do to do that? So if I don't have a job up there, how am I going to get approved for a loan? Well, from what I understand is that as long as you're in a career, in the same career, in the same type of industry for three plus years, that your average income for those three years is what they go off of. So um, I'm not too worried about the loan. I'm going to be applying for like I said, I'm going to be applying for sales rep jobs. So I'm not working at a showroom anymore. I'm working for a manufacturer. Um, that allows me, like I said earlier, to just make sure that I'm covering a territory rather than a store, you know, so I can live in a rural area and obtain that kind of loan um, via that job. So that job will allow me to travel. Um, I'll be on the road a lot. I'll whether I'm in North Georgia, South Georgia, staying overnight in an area, you know, I'll just be a little bit more, um, more available than I am now to be on the road. And I'm, I, I can live where I want to live in Georgia. I don't have to live in Atlanta or I don't have to live in, you know, Savannah or like a city. I can live in a rural area, which means that I can get the loan I want and the type of home I want. I don't want a home in a gated community. I want a home with some land that I can allow my kids to grow up on and, uh, you know, let them ride dirt bikes or four wheelers or whatever they want to do. You know, you can't do whatever you want to do living in a gated community, paying HOA fees. And that's another thing is what happens, you know, if you get behind on your HOA payments or something, they can foreclose on your house. They're not even the bank. They have nothing invested in your home. And if you fall behind on your payments, they can foreclose on your home. That blows my mind. I don't want an HOA don't want to pay HOA fees. I just want to pay my mortgage and be done. Now, I don't know if this is the right choice or not, but for me, it seems like the right choice. Whatever home I end up buying, I'm going to put it right back up on the market. I'm not going to buy a home and just live in it forever. I'm going to buy a home, put it back on the market for 25% more than I bought it for. And if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If it sells, I just made 25% of my purchasing price. So if I sell home or I buy a home for $400,000 and I sell it for five, I just made a hundred grand by what? By buying a home and selling it? You know, so for me, that makes sense. And I'll take that $100,000, I'll go buy another $400,000 home and I'll put that $100,000 towards it. So now I only owe 300,000, but I put it back up for sale for 500. And if it sells again, well, now I have $200,000 plus whatever I've been putting in my own pocket every month. So that's the idea. Hopefully within 15, 20 years, I am free and clear on my mortgage. And I don't pay a mortgage anymore. And I'll still continue to buy homes and sell homes. I believe the, the key to financial freedom is in property. I feel like that's where you're going to be financially free, not from a job or a career, not from being a lawyer or being a doctor, not from retirement. I feel like property is where you're going to make that kind of living to where you can enjoy your life and you can legitimately retire and still have an income, not from a 401k or retirement fund. I feel like 
that's where I need to be. So the first step, the baby steps is fixing my credit. That's where I'm starting. I'm starting from the ground up. So you guys get to follow me from that start, from the ground up, and father, you know, just follow a father that's trying to make it. So that's who I am. Those are my goals. That's why I don't want to be, you know, 60 years old, 80 years old, and still work every day. Hopefully I'm alive at 60 or 80, and I can just sit back, sip sweet tea, and enjoy my life. So um, let's see where it gets me. You know, let's see how far I get. And um, I appreciate you guys, you know, following along with this journey and listening to me babble on and um, I hope you guys, you know, get something from it. I hope that this brings some type of, um, some type of coaching towards somebody that needs to get there. I'm just going to do what I got to do to get out of the position I'm in and get into a better quality of life for my family. I want my kids to be able to, to, to know that when I'm gone, I did everything I could do for them and everything I could do for my wife. And I just want to be known as the guy that did everything he could possibly do to provide for his family and be the best dad possible. So if you feel like you are in that same position, I hope this benefits you. I hope you guys learn from it. And I hope that, um, you know, I'm successful as well and we all succeed, you know. So that's pretty much what the podcast is about. Um, When it comes into the details of my life and who I am, I kind of want to give you guys some context, right? I want you guys to know that the cards are not in my favor. I started out life um, with the, the world was against me. And what I mean by that is I was raised by a single mom. just like a lot of people out there. I was raised by a single mom who was blind, battling cancer. She beat cancer. Um, I don't speak to her anymore. She's just gone off the deep end and there's no saving her. And I've done everything in my power and spent the last dollar I've had at multiple points trying to save my mom. And there's just no saving her anymore. So I don't, I don't, I don't talk to her anymore. And that's that. My dad, in and out of my life, you know, he was there my whole life. Just uh, he was a, he is a truck driver. I've seen him once a month. And I would, you know, during the summer, I'd spend a couple weeks with him at his house and um, just wasn't a father, wasn't a dad, wasn't somebody I would come home to after work, I mean, after school, and express what I had to deal with that day to him, or maybe get advice from him, just wasn't there, so I don't talk to him anymore, he started a whole new life with a whole new family anyways, so good for him, Uh, so I don't talk to my dad, don't talk to my father, Um, and I'd say the biggest thing that was against me is at 18 years old, I got into a hit-and-run car accident where my neck was broken. Someone hit me, ran me, or ran from this, this accident, left me for dead with a broken neck on the side of the road on a Sunday afternoon. And <clears throat> from that point on, my body became addicted to painkillers. Horribly addicted. And it sent me down such a horrible path that, <coughs> excuse me, There was no coming back from for most people in life. There was no turning back. I was heavily addicted to painkillers. And unfortunately and fortunately, 
I got locked up over it. I got arrested on, on selling my own prescription. Now, what these charges are, if anybody's familiar with the legal system, especially in Florida, when you get hit with trafficking, when you get hit with trafficking, it changes the whole sentencing guidelines. They can't do anything about it. If you have a trafficking charge, you're getting three years minimum. It's a minimum mandatory sentence, not a mandatory minimum, a minimum mandatory. Mandatory minimum means you have to serve that amount of time, which means that I can earn gain time. I can earn good time. I, I, I did two and a half years on three years. Now, keep in mind, I've never been in handcuffs a day in my life. I got arrested at, nine, at 20 years old. I'm 30 now. So it was over 10 years ago. And I got put away for two and a half years. I got sentenced for three. Never had a single charge in my life. And I got three years off the bat. So it was a minimum mandatory sentence. Now the mandatory minimum that I'm talking about where it's backwards means that if you get charged with that type of charge, whatever charge will carry a mandatory minimum, it means you're doing whatever the time is that they give you, let's say three years, you're doing that day for day, you're doing full three years, you don't earn any gain time, you don't earn any good time, you are doing a full three years. So I fortunately, in the, the person that I am, I didn't get a single piece of trouble, didn't get in one fight, didn't get no, nothing at all. It, 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 for all the people that think prison is just a scary, scary place, it's not. You have to be headstrong, you have to be under, you know, understanding of your of your surroundings understanding of your circumstances understanding you know just just try to take in everything um and analyze it and deal with the situation at hand don't you know like just that's the type of person i am naturally anyway so i got locked up for two and a half years for that and unless you're you know like takashi six nine you are uh you're doing the time. So I did my time. I got out and I never looked back. I wasn't going to let that define me. So for anybody who has a blemish in their past legally, um, don't let that affect you. Don't let that hold you back. That has no significance on success. None at all. Especially in the world that we live in with the availability to just reach out to the world. You can reach out to whoever you want to, you know, so um, don't let it hold you back. I am a ex-convict felon. I am somebody that has been arrested before and sent to prison before. So watch what I do and watch me shove success down the world's throat. I'm going to make it. I don't care. That's always been my mentality. I don't do anything illegal. I'm not interested in doing anything illegal. I don't give a shit about um, doing anything illegal. Uh, that's not where I'm going to find success. I'm going to find success through dedication and find success through perseverance and find success from being um, just dedicated to being the best dad that I can be and the best husband that I can be. So, um, you know, that's, that's what led me to where I'm at. You know, I, I came to South Florida not out of choice. I came to South Florida because it's where I got out of prison at, you know. So, um I built a life down here. I built a pretty decent life for somebody that has no college degree down here. You know, I built a life 
down here that a lot of people wish they could build or, or you know are trying to build to where I'm at. I just this isn't enough for me. I can't live paycheck to paycheck. I can't provide for my family the way I want to live in this life. So um you know, I just I see the future and I see it being bright and I know that I'm bright enough to work for that future. And I believe that a lot of people are like that. And I believe that a lot of people feel like they're probably stuck or spinning their wheels. And I see people around me spinning their wheels. And it makes me sick to think that they're just going to keep spilling, spilling, spinning their wheels. So um, that's, you know, essentially what this whole podcast is for, is for people that, you know, run into it and listen to it. And they're like, hey, you know, maybe I can do this too. If this dude's doing it, maybe I can do it. I had the, the card stacked against me from the beginning. And I'll never let that define me. I'll never let that hold me back. I don't give a shit. I'm going to keep going. So, um, you know, that's, that's who I am. So if you're surprised to hear that, then you'll be even more surprised to see what the last episode of this podcast is like, you know. So this is the introduction. You guys know what I'm working on. You guys know where I'm at now. Um, if you guys ever want to reach out and talk, you know, that's more than an opportunity for you guys. You guys can do that. I'll leave all my social media in the description of the podcast um, and you guys can reach out if you want. But, you know, this is also a way for me to reflect on what I'm doing and, um, you know, just one more benefit of doing what I'm doing is not only helping my family, but helping strangers, helping out the rest of the world. So um, if you guys need advice and whatever I can help out on, feel free to reach out, man. Um, I wish you guys the best as well, and thank you for listening. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna close up here and let you guys get on with your day. So um, next episode should be coming soon. I don't know how um, frequent these episodes are gonna come out because nothing is um, stable. You know, nothing is consistent with life. So I will try my best to keep up to date with what's going on, and you know, give you guys updates and have more episodes for you. And, um, you know, try to get you guys uh, up to date with what's going on in my world. But thank you guys for listening. And if you guys have any questions, just reach out. Um, Y'all have a good week. Thank you.